Tonight's message is entitled, Hearing the First Step to Healing and Miracles. Let me repeat that, Hearing the First Step to Healing and Miracles. And as an introduction, it's quite short because we're going to get right into it. We don't have a lot of time on Wednesday nights. I do want to thank everyone for being here tonight. And I invite you to put on your ears tonight. We're going to be talking about hearing tonight. Friends, healing should be simple. It should be commonplace in the life of the believer, both to live in health and also to administer health to anyone that is ill. It should be quite simple. I turn your attention to Matthew chapter 15 and verse 26 through 28. And this is the account of, um, I believe it was the Syrophoenician woman. But nevertheless, uh, just verse 26. But he answered and said, she asked him, you know, heal my daughter. And then Jesus answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread. Can you say that with me tonight? Say, children's bread. It's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith, and be it unto thee as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. I want you to notice that Jesus described healing as children's bread. Let me encourage you about something about bread or rather challenge you. Bread is common. It is a common staple, not a gourmet or a fancy uh, food uh, uh, commodity like caviar. You know, it's not some rare thing it's, it, that, that's marketed as a luxury food. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, if, if I were to go to your house tonight, I, I don't know how many people I would have lobster, fresh uh, fresh. Or uh, a frozen lobster in your refrigerator. Oh, it's just loaded with lobster. I don't think so. I mean, anybody here have lobster in there? That, that's considered, I mean, in my house, that's considered a luxury food. But Jesus described healing as the children's bread, which is a very common staple in a household. I know I can find bread in your house. Who doesn't have bread? I mean, who does not have bread in their house? All right, that's what I'm talking about. And he described it as as children's bread. Check this out. Instead, it's like everyday bread, toast and jam, peanut butter and jelly. You know what I'm saying? Healing is bread. It's easily digested, readily available, and it's an abundant supply. I want you to realize that. Healing is supposed to be simple. And it's supposed to be abundant. Not some rare thing. Some delicacy when some evangelist comes to town and one person out of a thousand got touched by God. No, 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 no. This is an everyday thing. How many people ate bread today? Raise your hand. You ate some form of bread. Pita bread, French bread. Come on, keep the hands up. See? That's how simple healing should be. And how common. So, friends, the simplicity of divine healing starts with Hearing. So that's where we're going to start tonight. Turn with me to our text, Mark chapter 5 and verse 25 through 34. I'm reading from the King James Version. Again, divine healing should be simple. It should be every day. What in the world have we done to complicate it? It starts for sure with hearing. Let's look at our text. Are you all there in verse 25? 
And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, everybody say heard. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Y'all there? Verse 31. And his disciples said to him, Thou seest the, the multitude thronging thee, and you are saying, Who touched me? I've, I've been to the A's game, and I rode the, uh, the BART, you know, and it was a playoff game, and I couldn't believe that, I couldn't believe how crowded it was. It was an accurate description of what a throng is. We're all like sardines like this. The other people, is everybody's pressing all over you. And you're kind of like this. Is this for real? And you're moving about like this. And I'm not kidding. You feel like a sardine. Have you ever been to one of those games? You know that little part? Well, the, the whole ballpark goes like this. And then it goes narrow on that little cross bridge that can maybe go about eight across. And you're all... <laughs> Jesus, you see the throng... Crowding in on you, and you're saying, "What in the world? What are you saying here? You don't mean who touched you? What do you mean who's t- everybody's? T- what are you talking about? Everybody's touching you." Anyway, I just I saw that picture. And I says, "Man, that that, that felt pretty strange to me. That thronging business." And verse thirty two says, "And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth." And he said to her, read these words with me, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now you've heard this story many, many times. It's not just a story though. This is a historic event that actually happened. And there's a whole lot in here that you can't possibly exhaust you know, uh, in 35 or 40 minutes. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the very best I can to show you the first step of healing. First of all, what's the first step of healing? Hearing. So when you go, go to the fact, to verse 27, and it says, when she had heard of Jesus, and stop right there. What exactly did this lady hear about Jesus? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14, verse 35 and 36. And you're going to hear some of the things that she was hearing about Jesus. Are you ready for this? Verse 35, Matthew 14. Everybody feeling okay tonight? You enjoying the air conditioning? Everything's cool? Good, good. Make sure, make sure you got your ears on. Hallelujah. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him being Jesus, they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased, not some that were diseased, how many? All that were diseased. Now watch this in verse 36. And besought him that they might only, say this with me, touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched were made what? Perfectly whole. So she heard this. She, the news was getting around. See, this wasn't the first time this had ever happened. This was a multitude of people. This is one account of a multitude of people that had gathered around Jesus. They had gathered all the sick people they could possibly find. 
And they, they crowded in on Jesus in this multitude of people so that they could touch the hem of his garment. And it says that everyone that was able to just get to that hem, they were made perfectly whole. Everybody. Everybody. So can you see how that could build some kind of hope and some kind of faith in somebody? They said like, man, wow. Uh, she heard about this. Let's look at the next thing that she heard. Look, look at Mark chapter 4. Excuse me, my bad. Luke chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. Here's something else she heard. And he came down with them, being Jesus, and stood in the plain, and the company of his disciples had a great, great multitude. Say great multitude. What, what, what do you call a great multitude? Help me out here. What's a great multitude? I mean, the, some of the biggest multitudes that I've ever seen is at a ball game. You know, when, when, when it's, it's, let's go back to playoff time. It's, how many does the Coliseum hold? 50,000? Maybe 60,000? I'm in the days of, of, I was there sitting on the third baseline when Tejada hit that, that. I'm dating myself a little bit. But remember when Tejada, white glove dude, he hit that hip. Like, Whoa! And the A's won the pennant that year. It's was like, that was amazing! And I was there, and, and there wasn't an empty seat in the house. And if you're going to go to the concession stand, glory to God to get yourself a hot dog. You, it's like throngs of people like this. So you could hardly move. That was a lot of people. That was, that was 60,000 people. But, but I've, seen, I've seen when the ball's coming down in New York, you know, Times Square, and, and in New Year's Eve, you see people in the street, just like, oh, as far as the eye could see, people, people, people. Is that a, is that a multitude? Well, I just wonder... Just, you've got to use your imagination a little bit or else the scripture will be dry to you. Yeah. Now check this out. It says that a multitude, a, not just a multitude, a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, so from everywhere in that area, came to do what? To hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude, what did they seek to do? The entire multitude, just like gobs and thousands of people, just tens and hundreds, maybe hundreds of thousands, sought to touch him. Every, all, can you see all these hands going, oh, <laughs> can you see that? Seeking to touch him. For there went virtue out of him. Now stay with me. Everybody's looking like, okay, all right. So she, this lady heard these things. So now let's look, let's look um, at Luke 5.15 in case that wasn't enough. But, and this is, this is backing up the thought that hearing is the first step in you receiving healing or in ministering healing. Hearing, having people to hear the gospel. Luke 5.15, it says this, But so much the more went the fame abroad of him, and here we go again, great multitudes came to hear and to be healed of him, of their, by him of their infirmities. So you see, you see a pattern going on here where there is hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Did you catch that so far? Now this is important. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a little advertising here for for a summer revival. Friend, you need to come expecting. That's the, the the main purpose for this message tonight. Or one of the main purpose of the message tonight is to make sure that when you come to every service this month, you come expecting to hear something. If you think like, "Oh, they're just they're just talking on healing again." 
you, you're going to find a little later on that, that you're going to miss out. Well, other people, surely you know somebody that desperately needs healing. If it's not you, you know somebody that needs a touch from God. There are people that have uh, tremendous challenges in their bodies or in their minds. Amen, somebody. So you do not come to church in the month of July nonchalant. You don't come here Sunday morning nonchalant. Don't come here Sunday. Don't, you know, don't waste the valuable opportunity. Enough said. Here we go. Proper hearing is crucial to the healing process. Not everyone that hears, hears. (laughs) I don't know if that made too much sense. I'll say that again. Not everyone that hears or can hear actually hears. Or else, Jesus would not have said in Mark 4 verse 9, He would not have said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. That was in the King James Version. I really like what He said in the Message Version. It says, are you listening to this? He says, are you really listening So let's talk about listening for a moment because this is the first step in the healing process. The archaic meaning of listening is to lend an ear. You've heard the announcement, ladies and gentlemen, lend me your ear. Thank you. Everybody's awake tonight. Anybody sleeping? Look around. Anybody sleeping? Come on, let's wake them up. Oh, Ruthie's sleeping. Oh, no, she's eating. It's all right. Lend me your ears. Look at this. It is, the definition here to listen is to, to pay attention to, to, in this case, the sound, or to hear something with thoughtful attention. Somebody made a joke, you know, somebody was so poor they couldn't even pay attention. <laughs> listen, if you can't pay attention, you're poor. The best thing that you need, if you are in financial, listen, if you're in financial difficulty, the answer to financial difficulty is not another government handout, it's the gospel. The very first thing that he said is the poor have the gospel preached to them. The gospel is the answer to combat lack, not welfare. Hello, somebody help me out. So to give, to hear something with thoughtful attention, to give consideration. Here's a, here's a really good one that I like. And when you come to church in the month of July, this is what you really need to make sure that you do. To be alert, to catch an expected sound. Or an expected thought. Like you, you have to be alert to catch it. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You have to be alert. You're like an air traffic controller, like watching for something. You can't be asleep at the wheel. You have to be in a service like, well, where is it? Where is it? Okay, where's that word? Where, where is that? Where's that supply? Where's it coming? Can you see the intensity? But friends, we have challenges listening. Because in our society, we have lazy listening. The definition of in one ear and out the other. We're very casual at listening. People don't follow directions. Come on, somebody. I, heard, I saw somebody go, well... Amen. People, we we don't follow directions. Listen, it takes effort to really listen. That's why I call this one lazy listening. It takes focus, concentration, and energy and commitment to really listen. 
And there's a reason why the enemy has sown ADD or quote ADD in our kids and our adults. You know, I feel that a lot of Christians have spiritual attention deficit disorder. Yeah. We're so easily like, oh, what was that? Some kid, some person over here went to the bathroom, okay? Keep your focus over here. I like what Dick Burnell said. He said, you know, you're, you're, you're one word away. The word of God is the only thing that stands between you. Or how about this? A revelation of the word of God is the one thing that stands between you and annihilation. That word is like a defense to you. And it shows you and it guides you and it strengthens you. Is this all right tonight? So we can't afford to have spiritual attention deficit disorder as Christians. To learn, discipline yourself to focus. Your flesh is crazy. It'll do stupid things. We're so spoiled with with TV that it's so fast action. Nickelodeon. (laughs) Everybody wants Nickelodeon church. Stand on your head. Run across the room. No, friend, learn how to be still. And how to focus when God is talking to you. Praise God. That helps somebody anyway. Listen, uh, that's good preaching. Listen, another thing that we have is selective listening. It's another problem we have in our society. That means glossing over what is said until you come to the part that you really want to hear. And we all do it. Come on, let's, let's face it. We all do it. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 through 4... He describes it as itching ears. Listen to this. He says to to Timothy, Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and they shall be turned unto fables. Now... Just, just a quick comment on this and we'll move on. If you have an itch, I, I heard one minister describe it this way. If you have an itch in your back, close isn't good enough. <laughs> Honey, would you, a little lower. Oh, a little over. A, uh, a little, uh. Close is not good enough. You want it to be scratched in that one spot because that's where it itches, right? Is that right? So what happens when people have itching ears? They're like, oh, that's not it. I want to be blessed. Oh, no, I don't want to hear that part about living together. Come on. I want to hear that part about being blessed. Oh, yes, and being healed. Oh, no, no, no. Don't tell me about that part about not gossiping about people. I want to hear about the part about, you know, prosperity. Oh, that's really good. I really want that. Blessing and, oh, God's protection. Oh, that's really good. Serving? Oh, that's, I don't want to hear, that's not, that ain't the right spot. That's a little over more, a little over more. We need to learn how to take the counsel of God as it comes. Amen. Somebody said bless him. I could use the blessing, praise God. There's also distracted listening. Listen to this, it's almost like ADD, but check this out. Distracted listening is like distracted driving. It keeps you from getting the results that you really want. Like, let's face it, some of us have been dealing with physical issues or financial issues or emotional issues or whatever the issue is for a long time. 
This ought not be. These things should be dealt with. Help me out, somebody. And what happens with distracted listening, it's just that we have such a casual attitude. We're texting during the message. You know, it's really hard to tell who's texting. Any, oh, that, she's got the scripture. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's got their PDA. Everybody's got their little whatever. And you don't know, are they texting that girl over there or are they looking up the scripture? Hmm. Just trying to figure out what's going on here. <laughs> But you'd be amazed. Some people, our minds, our, our minds can wander. We're back to the ADD again. And that would be distracted listening. Or, or how about this? It, you, this happens a lot with husbands and wives. You know, uh, trying to hold a conversation while the 49ers are playing. Or while the, or while the Raiders are playing. Like football game. Oh yeah, uh-huh, honey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Did you do that? that, 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 that? You, know, the, you know, ladies always have the laundry list, dude. Right when you're focused on the game. Like, wow. Oh, yeah, I'm listening, honey. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I am. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about. It's called distracted listening or like distracted driving. When you come into the presence of God or your quiet time and you're going to hear from heaven, you cannot afford to have distracted listening. We can't do it. You're certainly not going to get God's best by not listening because hearing is the first step. To receiving your healing. He, I didn't catch that. Healing, hearing is the first step to receiving your healing. Thank you. All right, let's move right along. Notice what Jesus said in Mark 4.24 in the Amplified Bible. He said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The Phillips translation says this, be careful how you listen. Jesus says the measure of thought And study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. You've got to be your hearer. Amen? I want want to show, show you something. This little story about the lady with the issue of blood, she 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 was on to something. Because if we could study what she did, the Holy Spirit put that story in there for a reason. You know, there were many great things that happened. So many that they couldn't write them all in the Bible. But this one was in there. This, this is a phenomenal story. And uh, I'm going to try to dig out as much as I can and throw it out there as much as we can handle without choking us all. But I want you to notice when Jesus, Jesus perceived that virtue came out of him. That means that this woman must have given thought and study to what she had heard. A lot of thought and study to the degree of what, like he said here, be careful or watch how you're listening and give thought and study to it because the amount that you do that is the amount of virtue that will be able to be released in your life. And if this lady was able to go and touch Jesus' hem of his garment and virtue was released, she, she did something right. Didn't she? She was a great example of a great listener. She was a great listener. Say great listener. So notice this. These are examples of people, just a couple examples of people that really listen and, and, and really got something. And, and I'm, I'm just believing God that I'm a good listener. <laughs> that, that we're, as a church, we're great listeners. We're hearing. We have hearing ears. Amen. Luke 2, verse 18 and 19 in the King James Version tells us about how Mary listened. 
Of course, the shepherds had just come in and told them what, what was going on. They saw the shepherds singing glory to God in the highest peace on earth and goodwill. And they, this display of, of glory about the Son of God and about this baby. And notice this. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But... Which means that, that this is in contrast to not somebody just going like, I wonder what that is. No, this is in contrast to the other people that are bewildered and wondering. In contrast to that, Mary took that, because she heard it, right? And she kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Did you catch that? Let's go to Luke 2.19a in the Message Bible. It describes it this way. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. She wasn't just going, I wonder how that happened. Wonder that, was that a UFO? Let me, let me Google it. Let's see what happened. Luke chapter 2, 18 and 19 in the Amplified Version. It says here, And all who heard it were astounded and marveled at what the shepherds told them. But... Mary was keeping within herself all these things, all these sayings. Look what she was doing. Look what Mary did. She was a good listener. She was a hearer. Listen. Weighing and pondering them in her heart. You've got to take things and weigh them. When Keith Hershey comes to this pulpit and he ministers about partaking of Jesus and he that eats of me will also live of me and talks about the mercy of God. I think we all got to go home and munch on that and weigh it and consider it. We need to know more about the love of God. We need to know about the mercy of God and that this isn't all about us. It's that he has us covered. Not that you have to be so perfect on everything. Hello. We need to hear that. We, well, this is part of Hearing is, is taking it after the fact. So there's homework. Ooh, Pastor Tom, homework? Oh yeah, come on. Homework, baby. Homework. Take this and weigh it afterwards. Talk, uh, talk to yourself about it afterwards. Consider it. Can you see that? Not just forget it. So let's look at the woman with the issue of blood. What happened to her in, in Mark 5, 27, 28? She had heard the, in the Amplified, this is the woman with the issue of blood. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus and she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment for she kept saying, there's a clue right there. Just like Mary held things in her heart, this lady was having some self-talk. She was, she kept saying, if I can only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. But you've got to get this picture. She kept saying that all the journey there. If I can just, that, that if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. If I could just touch the hem of, she kept saying that to herself. Saying that, her, her weighing it. Hello? That's part of hearing. Are you with me? That's, that's the process. Look at the New Living Translation. It said this in verse 28 of, Mark chapter 5. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. So, so you see, she's saying to herself, she's repeating this, and she's thinking this to herself. She's weighing it. She's pondering it. It's a part of her she, be, before she steps into a miracle. How many want people healed? I do. This is a part of it, friends. Being good hearers and good listeners. Friends, Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by really, I put really, <laughs> hearing from God, and it always results in an action. That's Smith Wigglesworth said that faith is an act. And, and let's see where we're going with all this. 
Thank you, Lord. How many of you having a good time so far? Wow. I might just say this really quickly and save some of this for Sunday, Sunday morning because this is, this is good. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth said, faith, basically, faith is an action or an act. And Brother Moore really blessed me uh, in a series recently that I was listening to. And he said, saying is doing. So it is an action. It's the first step. Saying is the first step of releasing faith. So of an action. So that was really good. We're not going to say a whole lot about that, except that, that uh, how do you know that you really listened? You know, how do you know that you really were a good listener and you really heard that day? Number one, it'll affect what you say, what you're saying to yourself, your self-talk. Number two, it will affect what you do in your actions. And, uh, wow. I, you know, James 1, 22 through 25 talks about in the message. I'll just read it. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. The very first action is saying. Like Brother Moore said, saying is doing. So the very first thing, the moment you get the word, both, all, both these women, Mary and the woman with the issue of blood, they were saying something. They were muttering, carrying these conversations on the inside. No, they weren't nuts. They were holding these concepts and these truths in their heart. Is that right? And say it to themselves. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away two minutes later, have no idea who they are or what they look like. Again, this is from the Message Bible, verse 25 of James 1. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God is... Uh, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is, n- is no distracted, scatterbrained, but a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. And I know that some that's a little different verbiage, but the bottom line is another encouragement to do something. And we saw the woman with the issue of blood. She said, she started saying, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Now, this is a real fun part. I've got about 10 minutes or so to, to get into this. This is, this is really an awesome part that I'd like to share with you about this lady. Let's look at the context of this woman. First of all, Jewish law mandated that anyone with a physical discharge, specifically like even blood, was not supposed to be in public. Now, I, I, need to, I need to just get this out there so you see what this woman went through. Maybe we can get a better understanding of, of just how amazing this story really is. The Bible says that she had an issue of, issue of blood. This means that she's hemorrhaging from someplace in her body. And whatever the source of her bleeding was, it was a condition that literally ruined her life. Under the law, Leviticus 15, 19, and 25 through 27, the woman was considered unclean, and anything or anyone that she touched was also considered unclean. As a result, she could not mingle with people in public. Are you hearing this? Lest she cause them to be defiled. She could not, she could not uh, go to the woman's court of the temple because she was unclean. She could not be married because she would defile her husband she had uh, if she had ever been married her husband would have found grounds like to to divorce her and she could not work around others because of the danger of defilement you got to catch this if you have a discharge of body you're supposed to go through this whole ritual and stuff and you're supposed to be clean of any hemorrhaging or blood or discharge for seven days 
You know, and you got to go and prove things to the to the priest, and then and then bring an offering, and then it, it, this is a, a lot of Jewish mumbo jumbo. <laughs> you know, but I, I want to tell you something. This condition in her life reduced her to a life of begging scraps of food from a distance. Her condition left her on the fringes of society. Now, let's talk about the duration of her illness. She had been plagued with this condition for 12 years. Given the lifespan of the average person in that day, her condition would probably have begun just after puberty. Therefore, for most of her adult life, she had been in this sad condition, sad shape. Are you seeing how her life would be ruined by this? Now, I have a question for you. Why was she trembling and so fearful when Jesus turned around and said, Who touched me? And she got found out. Why? I'll tell you why. Somebody said, Yeah. Why? Why? Check this out. She demonstrated great courage by approaching Jesus in that crowd. As she elbowed her way through the people, she was causing ceremonial defilement for everyone she touched. She was taking a great risk, for if she had been recognized, she would have been subjected to public humiliation and ridicule and possible retribution. A crowd like that might have gotten worked up to the point that they would have stoned her to death. She risked her life doing this. For her, it was a risk worth taking. She knew what Jesus would do for her if she could just get to him. Did this shed a little bit of light, a little bit of academia? But okay. Now, let's look at something else. She kept saying, if I could just touch his clothes. Friends, what's the significance of the garment? What's the significance of somebody, if I could just touch his clothes? Check this out. This is fascinating. What's so significant about the hem of Jesus' garment? At the first reading, it seems odd, an odd practice. However, once we understand the significance of the hem of one's garment, these passages take on much more meaning. Check this out. The word translated hem is actually referring to the fringes or the tassels, called something I can't pronounce in Hebrew, tzitzial, dot, whatever, in Hebrew, required to be on the four corners of all clothing of Jewish men in accordance with God's instruction. Now listen to this. Are you with me, everybody? Just a little bit of facts that might help you. In ancient Israel, men wore four-cornered outer tunics with these tassels tied to the four corners. This outer garment became known as the tallit and eventually evolved into, evolved into more formal prayer shawl. But why the tassels? These tassels were to remind each Jewish man of his responsibility to fulfill God's commandments. In fact, these tassels are tied into 613 knots to, con- uh, to constantly remind him of the 613 laws of Moses, of which there are 365 prohibitions, in other words, thou shalt not, and 248 affirmations of thou shalt do this. So it was all very significant. Now watch this. This woman is reaching out to touch the word of God and all the promises, so when you touch that tassel, you're touching the word. Wow. And all the promises associated with the word, including healing. Now, what's the significance of her touch? Check this out. Her action connected to healing virtue. 
Notice this. When she was near enough to him, she reached out a trembling hand and touched his garment. Or the tassel she grabbed. Well, check this out. The word touched literally means to cling to or to adhere to. In other words, she held on to him until she got what she came after. I always, well, let me just read it. Then immediately she received not, uh, uh, then immediately she received what none of the doctors or their uh, costly, painful remedies could give her. She experienced healing. Instantly she felt change her body. She knew things would be different from there on out. Now, just a, just a thought. We are not saying don't go to doctors. Because there are things that doctors can help. But doctors are probably the first ones to tell you that, first of all, doctors don't heal. They, we, they can help us, but God's the healer. And secondly, there's a lot of conditions that we just, medical science, we just don't have the solution for. There's a lot of research, and thank God for the research that's underway right now. But there are conditions that are assaulting mankind. You, we just don't have a solution for it. So thank God for the promise of healing. I want you to notice this. Touching was not just what I used to think, like tag your it, or a, a, a brief swipe, like trying to like... It wasn't like that. It literally meant that she grabbed it and held on to it. Now you may think, how is that logistically possible and, and nobody noticed? And Jesus, well, remember when you're in a throng, remember the A's game? And when you're in a throng like this and there's people just crowding all around, you know, you could maybe reach that hand out like that and you might be able to reach that tassel and just go like that and everybody's moving real slow. Because everybody's pushing in every direction. Everybody's going, Jesus is in the center, and everybody's going this way trying to touch him. Hello? So he really wasn't moving very fast. So it's real easy for somebody and I'm cr- to go like that, you know, and just reach out and, and go like that. And, and, and there's so many cloaks and so many things flowing around, you wouldn't be able to notice. Hello? So evidently she took it, she grabbed it, she held on to it. And all of a sudden something happened. Look at this. When she heard of Jesus, she said within herself, if I could just do this. He did it for everybody else. If I could just do this. If I could. So she set her point of contact up. She knew that other people, not just one or two or three, multitudes of people were touching the hem of his garment. Multitudes were touching those tassels and something was going on here. So she said, I can get that too. But she had to overcome her own fears, the social stigma of being a bleeding person, and go in public and press through that and get the opportunity to touch that tassel and hang on to it. And it says that immediately, there are immediately's in the kingdom of God, friends. It says immediately the fountain of her Blood was dried immediately. She felt in her body that she was made whole. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hang on to the word, friends. Got to watch how you're hearing. Praise God. Friends, we're in summer revival here. We have the opportunity to hear things. You've got to not be distracted. You can't be an ADD Christian. You can't 
You can't be texting and fooling around thinking about the ball game. You have to focus. Friends, we have to, we all have to focus because, because the word will come. And as it comes, we all have to be like Mary where we receive it and ponder it and weigh it. You can't receive, ponder and weigh something you're distracted about. And then, once we hear it, begin saying it to ourselves and carry it in the womb of our spirit, that is the first act. You know, in James chapter 1 it says, But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. This really blessed me as I was reading and kind of pondering this. Did you know, since the first act of faith, or the first act of being a doer of the word is saying... When, when you get a truth that you say, oh, I need that. I really need that. Oh, that sounds so good. Then you need to take that. You receive that. You embrace it. You cleave to it. You hold it in your heart. But then you start saying it to yourself. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. Or whatever it is that the word of the Lord comes to you about. Amen, somebody. I said amen, somebody. We're preaching real good now. We're almost done. You can, everybody stay happy. You've got to make sure you put your ears on and take heed how you hear. I don't care who's ministering. You know that whoever's going to be ministering here is going to be spending their time praying and seeking God because we are in some revival. Hallelujah. We're looking and looking and looking for the healing power of God to explode because it wasn't, it wasn't caviar. It's like bread. It's supposed to flow like water. It's supposed to be everyday and commonplace. And if we listen right, it'll flow in this place. Is that possible? Absolutely the truth. It's absolutely the truth. So, make sure you put your ears on. Hear it like it was the first time you ever heard it. Listening intently. Receive it, cleave to it, hold it dear, weigh it, talk to yourself. And then there's acting on it. And we're going to kind of stop right there. Because, friends, Sunday morning we're going to talk about the next dimension of faith. A next dimension, another dimension of healing. The, probably the mo- one, one of the things that Jesus pointed out on a regular basis when people were getting healed and receiving healing like popcorn all over the place, there's one ingredient that kept showing up and showing up and it was easy for people to get healed all over the place. That's why the news went around like wildfire. Let's pray, Lord, I thank you for the mercy of the Lord that endures forever. There are healing mercies. And Lord, we know that they are abundant and they're for the multitudes. And we're the ones that need to open up and let it flow through us. Praise God. We're, we're, we're available vessels for the healing power of God. We're available vessels, and Lord. We stand in faith and in agreement with all of our friends that have received evil reports for their fam- for, regarding their family members or regarding themselves. We thank you, Lord, that nothing is impossible with God and that the healing power of God will flow into those situations and completely turn it around. We fully expect that in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Let's give God a shout. Hallelujah.